You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $1 on any team to score, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and a $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the Fourth Line Boys Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 166 of the Big Show, some enforcer based podcast and coming at you brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. As we do it out there another Sunday. What is it, six days? Until the big man comes down the chimney. Has everybody done the Christmas shopping? Man, I'll tell you, I actually took Thursday off and I went Christmas shopping. And, uh, yeah. I, seriously, I lasted about two hours. Yeah. Went, had to go to Costco Liquor. Then I went over to Walmart. And I was leaving Walmart. And I'm just like, no, I'm going home. I've had enough. I made like one more stop. And then that was like... And this was like Thursday at... Like one, and I'm just and I'm saying, like, does anyone work anymore? Of course, you know, I guess I could, I could say this, the irony, I guess, but it's just like, 
Oh yeah, parking lot or Costco. I mean, because they opened just opened up the Costco liquor here. So, oh yeah, I parked on like the other side. Of the, I thought I was going to be having to park on the other side of the freeway. Like it's just like what are we? And of course it's minus like nine thousand out, and it's just like, ugh. And I got sick. No, I don't have COVID. I did the rapid test, make sure. But yeah, so forgive my uh, my uh, flu like symptoms. Um, but of course, you start like you wake up, throat's killing me. My nose, I'm like, oh shit, right? And you panic and whatever. Done a few rapid tests, no problems. But it's like my throat's fine now. Well, although it doesn't sound like it, my throat's okay right now. But yeah, it's just like, oh god. Of course, right before Christmas, and I can't remember the last time I was like had the flu. It's like two years, three, four years ago. I don't know, but uh, yeah. Well, and that's the thing, right? It's like, oh, and I mean, I've always been good, although last year I didn't get it, but I was always good for a, I shouldn't say I was never sick, I'm usually sick. I usually get a good little bout of strep throat every year. I didn't last year, but it was like, because that's like a truck outside, inside, out, in, out, in, you know, so it's just like, you just constantly, yeah, you just end up getting it, right? But of course, with everything going on, you know, before, oh yeah, you could just bolt on into the old uh, uh, medi clinic there and, you, you know, you're in and out in about 15, 20 minutes, go down and get a prescription. Ah, shit, you're back home in the chair by in an hour. Shit, now, you know, with everything that's going on, I mean, uh, you know, so. Anyway, hey, thanks for tuning in. No, but if anybody's just wondering, this is why I sound the way I sound. But uh, how's everybody doing out there? Um, I do have an interview coming on Wednesday, um, for any new listeners, uh, do two episodes a week. Wednesday is usually an interview day. And then, uh, Sunday is whatever this is. Random shit show Sunday, pugilism, potpourri. We just yell about things. But, um, I interviewed, uh, he's on the fight boards, a fellow fight fan named Chris. Um, for the older folks out there that are on fried chicken, you will know him as he went by Chris Y2J back in the day. He's a big Buffalo Sabres guy, and uh, he did he bounced back in the day and would share stories in the message boards. And I saw, and uh, we uh, I ran into him on Facebook again. So in the groups, he's all over the groups talking. And uh, I said, hey, you should come on and uh, tell some of your Buffalo Sabres stories. So. Uh, he was nice enough to finally do to do that. We managed to uh, pick a time. Well, that was the other thing I did on Thursday on my day off. Um, first thing Thursday morning, I interviewed Chris for about an hour and a bit. So, oh, it's great. He tells some good old, uh, some old uh, Buffalo bouncing stories, and uh, it's good. You guys will dig it. But uh, so that'll be coming Wednesday. Finally, you'll be hearing someone else's voice other than my own. But. Uh, Today, guys, what are we going to talk about? Well, um, we had the heavyweight title fight go down, McDermott and Reeves, um, with some interesting fallout from it, and uh, I got into an argument with a former NHL referee about it, and uh, I will talk to you about that. Um, the big hit, this is their next target of what they're going to cry about Um I will talk about that. Oh, the athletic, you know that 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 publication, the athletic, written by the unathletic. Um, they apparently have a hockey podcast. I couldn't imagine listening to that horse shit. But anyway, somebody had put a sound clip of these three 
Laoji and I don't know who the other two were, some woman and a guy, I don't know. And all the whining about the fight, uh, whatever. We'll get into that. And I mean, not that I was surprised that they were doing that, but it's just like the reasoning's just moronic, but whatever. Um, this ridiculous, I mean, I've talked about this before, but it's like this, this, I mean, it's not fight related, but this Ovechkin versus Gretzky bullshit. It's just like enough already. Um, you know, whatever, but that and, um, oh, the hurricanes. Uh, okay. And, uh, and I know how you guys like your lists. I have another list for you. This one's pretty cool. This one was sent to me by William, uh, former guest of the show, William Tripway, the old Winnipeg Jets, uh, I'd say a historian, but lifelong fan. Um, he had sent me a list of, from, uh, I don't know if it's from a Winnipeg program, um, or newspaper or what have you, but it's of John Ferguson's, uh, John Ferguson's top 10 toughest players of 1980-81. And he does a little write-up on each one, and, uh, it's pretty cool. So, and I mean, if anybody knew toughness, it was Fergie, right? So, um, I will hit that at the end. We will discuss that. But before we get into all this, I have to, hey, they got they're paying me, they're paying the bills, so I, I gotta mention them. But, uh... Of course, I am a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network. Whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show for you. So just check it out. Of course, they're always going, well, I don't know what's going to happen here with the COVID cancellations and everything else. I don't know if they'll have much to talk about, but uh could see a bit of a break here. We'll see. But uh, anyway, yes, they're, uh, all, the, all the teams are represented. So check that out. For my off-network friends, oh, yeah. Well, Mud Show down in Florida got married again. Yeah, uh, you remarried. Yeah, I can't. She imagine she said yes twice. Holy! I was gonna send her a message like uh, the video there. You know, tell her to blink twice if you're getting held against your will. Like, you know, you, you look at the wedding photos. She looks like a you know it looks like a hostage video. But uh, no, congratulations to uh, to Alec and his lovely bride. Um, I don't know if you want. Yeah, I won't say her name on the air, but. Uh, no, thank you, and, uh, thank you. No, congratulations, and, um, yeah, no, they had, they had recently, you know, married, but with COVID and everything else, they, they couldn't have all their friends there, there was restrictions, but it was opened up now, so they had everybody there on Friday, so, uh, looked like they had a really good ceremony, oh, you know, but go straight, straight Bush League, get, you know, so he's, he's tweeting at Bush during his, during the, uh, ceremony, or at the, at the reception after, that he's got Bush beer at his wedding, like, would you brag about that online? Jesus, you'd keep that on the down low, would you not? I mean, what's next? Do you go out back and take it out of the back end? You know, somebody had that a cooler in the trunk of a fucking 78 Pinto? You know, oh, Florida. Yeah, you're Florida man. There you go. You know, he's probably wearing camo. Him and his fucking laser tag buddies there in the, in the tree, in the woods in Utah. Oh, I'm telling you. But he does run, he does have a podcast when he periodically hits record. Although I think he's about almost, you know, after Christmas here, I think, you know, he might be back to life, life back to normal. You know, when he works, I don't know, part-time only, I don't know, he picks up a few shifts. You know, I think he's on casual phone call. I don't know, every time I talk to him, he's at home doing something. But uh, in the meantime, before the new episodes come back out, you should check out his back catalog. I give him a lot of shit, but I will say his back catalog is tremendous. Um, Segroy, Bylois, Rob Ray. 
Yablonski. So definitely give it a give it a listen. He does a good job. That pains me to say that, but he does. But uh, no, congratulations again. In all seriousness, Alex, good dude, and uh, happy for them. And uh, you know, hopefully they can uh, now that that's behind them and it's all over with. Uh, they can calm down and uh, head into 2022 low key and just relax a little bit because you know I know what it's like to plan weddings and shit and or be around people that are planning weddings. Yeah, so. And then, oh, the man from New York, New York. The city's so nice, they named it twice. Broadway, Joe Lazito. Jolton, Joe Lazito. You know, um, I'm, do I have to? Yeah, I don't know. I'll, hopefully he turns down the Boney M album and uh, and we get out. You know what I'm looking forward to? I'm looking forward to the annual, the annual New York Rangers uh, pub crawl that Joe's organizing. I heard he's a big pub crawl fan. Um, you know, He's, he's going in his uh, Ron Duguay tank top. And, uh, yeah, look out, New York. But, uh, you know, like I said, he's working out of MSG now. So, you know, he's trying to trying to fit in with his Ranger colleagues. So, you see that coming down. There you go. Jolton Joe. He'll be, he'll be on, the, on, on the train in his uh, Duguay tube top. So, uh, but in, the other, in, his, in his off time, he does, he does record a New York Islander. Uh, podcast. I don't know if his coworkers know that, so I'm sure he's not playing this in the office. I don't want to spill secrets, but he does have. It's called Coliseum Chronicles. Uh, like I said, it's an Islander enforcer based podcast. It's a tremendous back catalog as well. Fakoda, Bolton, Strugwig, Asham, on and on. Joe does a great job, and I feel for him right now because you know he's he's straddling the fence. He's living he's living two lives here. I don't know. It's fishermen at the Islanders or. Ranger blue and red, you know, it's just, he doesn't even know anymore. You know, and he works all the time. It's just like 10, 12 consecutive days. He's got the Ranger flu, I'm telling you. So, thoughts and prayers out to Broadway, Joe Lazito. Oh, yes. Boney M, look it up. He he went on YouTube, listened for like nine seconds and got all mad. Like, I, I think at this point, Joe just doesn't like Christmas albums. That's what it comes down to. If anybody else is wondering, Boney M. The only thing I know about Boney M, in all seriousness, is I, I don't know why, but every Christmas at my parents' house when we were growing up, my mom would spin the Boney, L, the Boney M, well, one-time vinyl. And then, of course, they found the cassette. And then the CD... So, I don't know, my, my mom just loves the Boney M album. And I don't know how, I haven't, I didn't do a, a look, look-see at how old the, well, I mean, it has to be 35, 40 years old, because, I mean, I was, a, you know, I'm 45, so I can remember it, like, it was played every Christmas that I can remember. So, I don't know if they had any, I'm, I mean, obviously Boney M, I'm assuming they obviously had other albums, but, yeah, the Boney M Christmas album was played uh, at nauseum. At, at our at our place, so uh, at my parents' house growing up, so um, so yeah. When I threw it out there, I just I just assumed everybody took had the Boney M experience, but of course, friggin' Lazito, you know, not what you know. I mean, they probably play Italian opera at Christmas. I don't know what those people do. That would have just got me canceled on CBC. Good thing I'm not on CBC. Joe knows what I'm saying. 
No, so I mean, I was just surprised he didn't know what Boney M was. And then somebody else chimed in, they didn't know, who else was it that didn't know Boney M? I'm like, you, Jesus. I don't know, I, I just, I, I didn't think my listeners were that unsophisticated, but I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't, what can you say? The Coliseum Chronicles, Broadway Joe Lazito, give it to Lazito. But oh, alright, let's get on with things here. I don't want to take up too much of your time, we're like 13 minutes in. And, I don't know, it's kind of, it's 9 o'clock here on Saturday night, and uh, yeah, I don't really want to talk too long today. Like an, like an idiot. Are you coming in on Sunday? Okay. You know, like, yeah. Like, I really want to do that. But I'll go in for a few hours, I guess, whatever. I have to go into town. That sounds so weird. I have to go into town. I lived in Saskatoon. Now I have to drive in. It takes me 20 minutes to get into Saskatoon. Um, yeah, I guess I'll go pick up the old man's Christmas present. The one that I got mad at on Thursday that I should have went and bought and I didn't. I just went home. Now I guess I'll have to buy it. Um... All right. Um, anyway, well, we'll start off with this McDermott Reeves. Of course, this is the the heavyweight title fight, the Thrill of Manila Rumble in the Jungle that everybody's talking about. All the the two heavyweights finally meet, to settle the war, to settle the score. And I mean, you talk about a fucking three finger stinker. I mean, uh, I don't know, but I mean, you you, you read to, like, of course, I wasn't watching the game or anything, but I see it come up on Twitter, and holy shit, I thought we had you know fucking Tasker send the way everybody was talking. You know, rematch, Cox and Probert. Oh, here we go. Tune into the fight. It's like, what? A, you talk about a bunch of nothing. This is what you guys are excited over? Like, or I guess we're that desperate now for, you know, and I mean, just. And I will say it was pointed out to me by Chris, who was. A lot more level-headed. He's not as... I don't think old Chris is as jaded as I am. Well, I know he's not as jaded as I am with hockey. Um, or the... Or I guess not hockey. Well, he doesn't watch it either, but... Um, anymore. But... I think I'm... I'm obviously more jaded. I think dealing... With, it's not so much the fight or the, anything like that. I like both the guys involved. I don't... Like I said, I don't care who wins. It, I don't... Whatever, I don't have a team or any. If I, I don't have a dog in this, I don't give a shit. Just let's see some good tilts and yeah, you know, whatever. Let's go on with life, right? But I guess my issue is my. It seems that's all it is now. I get, it's probably because I've been moderating all these friggin' fight boards and all this shit, and having a YouTube channel where I get notified of the stupid comments all the time. And you know what? I'm just tired of dumb. That's what it comes down to. I'm just tired of dumb. Like, we had a little moderator meeting there on one of the fight groups. And I already told these guys, I have no patience for this shit anymore. Because they were kind of like, oh, you know, I don't know if you might be, you know, kind of banning people a little quick. I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. If you're going to talk, and it's not because you're arguing, or you're, you, you have a different opinion than me. That's not why... I'm not, I'm not going to kick you out because you think whoever is better than this guy. I don't care. It's when you start talking stupid. I don't have time for that shit anymore. I'm just, I'm too old and I don't care anymore. And I don't want to read 
stupid. When I show up, when I log into, like I've said a million times, when I log into one of these groups, I want to see some cool pictures, maybe some fight clips, see a good back and forth with a few people, you know, and then let's and log out and go do something else. Why is that so hard to 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 ask for? But I said every three minutes, it's a friggin' oh, you have a moderator alert, you have a moderator alert. And the thing is with Facebook, if you get enough of them and you keep letting it happen, they shut your group down. Something that these pinheads can't understand, which I've told them a bunch of times. Now what? Oh, relax, bro, it's a fight board. Like, this is coming from someone who looks like he's in his 30s. Okay, again, dumb, dumb shit. They'll... There won't be a message board to talk on if we allow you idiots to keep talking and talking stupid. Can you not get through that through your thick fucking heads? Like, should I speak slower? Like, uh, like you idiots. And that, and you're 30 some years old and your big kicks is to come onto a, onto the internet, onto a message board and troll and talk tough on a keyboard. Like what? What is this? What? Just oh, it's just idiocy. Like oh, anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. So this is where I guess my temp, my temperature, my temper gets short when I just I read the comments, and it's just like. I don't know. And again, it's not that they're disagreeing with me. I don't care about that. But it's just... Oh, I don't... I don't. The thing... Okay, if you want to get... Oh, McDermott... Oh, McDermott uh, beat him up. Killed him. What are you talking about? Like, did McDermott even land a punch to Reeves' face? Like, all I saw was two guys fighting not to lose. As the famous Tony Twist line goes. Are you fighting to win or are you fighting not to lose? Those are two guys that are fighting not to lose. You know, and, it, you know, hey, and some guy goes, oh, so they should want to get hit in the face? <sighs> I didn't say that either, dumbass. But at the same time, oh, tuck your visor in your chin and throw six jersey jabs. Oh, all of a sudden, that's the heavyweight champ of the NHL now. Oh, okay. Like... And I mean, if you want to give McDermott the win, then go ahead. But I will say, the thing with Reeves, and I, I like both the guy. I don't have a problem with McDermott. I don't have a problem with Reeves. But Reeves, it reminds me of like the brashier Larocque thing back in the day. Because those guys were kind of like, whatever, the air quotes, the champs. And uh, anytime they were in a fight, if it was halfway close, oh, guys were screaming at least a draw or edge whoever or win, whatever. Like, they just had to somehow shit on Brashear or LaRock. But here, and it's the same thing with fucking Reeves. Go read the comments. Oh, the bully finally got bullied. Like, what? Like, well, that's, that's what an enforcer is, dumbass. This is the other thing. This is how out of touch. And I've talked about this a million times. I don't give a shit. These guys, for like I said, for supposed fight fans... You've, you guys have completely lost the fucking plot. It's amazing. Oh, bully. Oh, what is this, grade four? He bullied him. The bully. Well, that was the point. 
But these are the same guys that like revere Probert and McSorley and all this. But yet somehow Reeves is a piece of shit because he's a bully. What the hell were Probert and McSorley? Seriously? It's amazing because if, if Reeves did the shit that Probert did, you guys would be out there with pitchforks and torches. Bitching and crying and screaming about him. So it's just amazing to me the shit that he catches. Imagine if he pulled McDermott's hair or kneed him or headbutted him. These are all things Probert did. I don't have a problem with I'm like, whatever, but I'm just simply pointing it out. Or what if Reeves just ran a goalie for no reason? Or punched a goalie for no reason? Like Probert did. Oh, you guys would be crying until the cows came home. But how mean he is. And he's a bully. It's just idiocy. What are we doing? But anyway, so they fought. And Reeves is throwing jersey jabs. I don't know. And like somebody said, oh, there's Reeves. He's, you know, he, he always fights safe. I'm like, well, go watch the fight at the start. Reeves is the only one that's going for it. At least he's facing him with his face going and he's trying to punch him. You know, McDermott's tuck, ducking his head away and jabbing and whatever. Like, you know, so I'm like, at the end of the day, I think Reeves landed one punch to McDermott's face and then there's a bunch of jersey jabs and Reeves got spun around and McDermott hit him in the back of the head and, down they went and whatever. And, oh, there's our champ now. Oh, okay. So somebody goes, oh, it's either got to be McDermott or Chara. I said, well, there we go. That, that's where we're at in 2021. The heavyweight champ is Adano Chara. Oh, okay. Yeah. The guy who's, oh, I see he's still fighting heavyweights. Who's the last kid he fought? Oh, another killer. What does that guy have about four career fights? Oh, good job, Chara. Yeah, that makes him the champ. Yeah. Really? Let him fight someone that has some offense. What happens? As soon as Chara gets hit, he's going to bail. So, again, I always throw out the, let me know when Chara beats a heavyweight, an actual heavyweight fighter. And then maybe I'll start calling Chara a heavyweight fighter. Until then, however, no, he's just a, a guy that will fight now and again. But, oh, but if he wanted to be. Oh, yeah, if he wanted to be. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But that was a bunch of nothing. But anyway, so after the fight's done, everybody's talking. Like I said, that all of a sudden it was, uh, you know, friggin' Tyson Holyfield. But then all of a sudden I see the next day that Andrew Peters, the former enforcer, who I didn't realize was like such a big, like he hates fighting and all this stuff. I didn't realize that. I haven't paid much attention. But he puts up the clip and then, does the NHL still need this? Question mark. I'm having a hard time deciding if I love it or hate it. You? And he had, a, he had like lots of replies, hundreds of replies and here and there. And they're all mixed. You got people saying yeah and other people saying no and whatever. Um, when I see uh, Tim Peel, the former referee, uh, chimes in. I just don't think we need it anymore, and that's tough to say. I grew up with old school hockey and loved it. I just cringe anytime someone loses their helmet. My worst fear is that they hit their head on the ice when they land and could be seriously injured. Yeah, and I agree. I understand that. That's not what, uh, well, that wasn't my issue with him was about. Um, and then a few people replied, and uh, I saw it because a couple of them followed me. 
which I'm surprised by their answers. I'm like, I don't know why you follow this account. Clearly, they probably don't watch or listen to this podcast, but um, no, we don't need it anymore. Uh, I don't, there isn't an active NHL player who grew up with fighting as part of the game. Well, fighting still is in the game, so I don't understand what that comment means. You can still fight in junior, kind of. Well, in the Western League, you can, the other leagues, but you still can fight. So, okay. Being in the building when Andrew fought Matt Johnson, holy moly, is one of the scariest things I've ever seen in person. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah that was. Johnson and Peters was pretty ugly. Um, without a doubt. And I mean, and this was brought up again by, now that I understand it was asked of me, or it wasn't asked of me, but it's just a general question, um, about feelings of, um, guys that did the role and turned their back on it or whatever. Well, I mean, you have to walk a mile in their shoes, right? And like I said, afterwards, I said, I, I think as we all get older and we look back on things that we've done and the decisions we, we made, uh, in our youth or what have you, or in certain parts of our lives. Yeah, we can look, as we get older, we look back on them differently in some cases. Um, you know, and in this case, um, for a next fighter, there's probably, there's a lot of damage there for some guys. And, uh, hey, if it's their right as, as adults to, um, not want other people to go through that, that's completely understandable. Um, or maybe, or they regret it or what have you. That's their life. They could, I'm not going to sit there and argue. If Andrew Peters doesn't like fighting anymore, who am I to sit there and argue with him? Like, I, you know, that's his thoughts. That's his, his opinion. He has the knowledge behind his, his opinions based on knowledge and experience. So who am I to criticize that? Um, and I'm not. I have no problem with Andrew. I don't, if someone doesn't like fighting, I don't have a problem with that. I'm not going to yell and scream and argue with them about it. They don't like fighting. Like I said, I have friends that don't like fighting in hockey. They understand it, but I mean, they're not, they don't, it's not like they're asking to borrow DVDs or anything. I get it. And we don't have yelling matches over it or you're not my friend anymore. I'm not talking to you. No, it's nothing like that. I get it. I under, I've, I've always said I understand why. But there's got to be your, your reasonings, um, or why it's in the game. That were, that's where I differ with people. Um, because I don't think the decision of fighting in the, in hockey should be made in a boardroom or made by fans that are sitting on their couch. It should be done by the players. And that's what I think far too often when this stuff comes up. No one ever asks the players. It's all these media talking heads that talk and whatever, and this is what we should do, and this is that, the bet, the bet, the bet. But no one's asking the players. Except every year, um, I don't know why well, I should, I don't know what this year or whatever, but in the, over the years, and it, I was told it was every year it was by the NHLPA, um, players association, they pull all of their members, all 700 or 800, or however many professional NHL players there are. And they do a, a survey or poll. And one of the questions in there is, should fighting still be in hockey? And it's like 98, 99% every time say yes. And I always say, well, then that's the end of the debate. Because these are the guys who are sacrificing themselves. These are the ones that are going to have to live with it. At this point, they're all adults, too, making these decisions. So I would like to think a player that has played his entire life, has fought before or a junior or whatever, or has been around it, blah, blah, blah. They're the most informed people to ask. And they're also the ones that have to perform the said, said task and live with its results. 
So these are the only people that should have a say in this. Who am I to say anything? And who are these guys in this poll or in this thread to say anything? You can have your opinion, which is, and I put this, I replied to the gentleman that said fighting isn't, I said, well, the players all want it. As the NHLPA poll has shown, all the players want it. So the people sitting on the couch, our opinion doesn't much matter. Which I guess old referee Tim Peel, he took exception to that. And he's just there being a smartass. So he just replies back. He goes, oh yeah, you talk to lots of players, do you? And I'm like, well, yeah, on my podcast I do. And on here I do. Yeah, quite a few. And he's just like, right there, yeah, okay, sure thing, bud. Um, well, I do. If you go to the freaking my podcast, it scroll down all the episodes. All you could see who I've talked to. So, and I said, well, go ask the Hockey News then or the NHLPA about their poll because I said they do it every year. And the Hockey News published the results, so those are the results. So I don't know what you're smarting off at me for. So then he's just like, yeah, go back to your podcast. Like, and I, I take back, I said, so, I said, well, instead of being a condescending asshole, maybe try some reading comprehension, was my response to him. Like, so I don't know what Tim Peel's problem is. I obviously talk to players, as my show uh, history shows. The NHLPA does do that, and being a former referee he sh- in the NHL, he should know that. And then go yell at the hockey news. They reported it. It's not supposed to be the Bible of hockey. Well, so I, again, I don't know what you're smarting off at me for. Oh, he goes, no, that was it. He goes, oh, so, oh, you talked to the players. Who are you, some sort of expert? Okay, and I can take back, where did I say I was an expert? Question mark. I never said that. But I've talked to players, clearly. My guest list shows that, that I do. So, again, I don't know what you have to, I love these guys that with the whole, like, and most of the time I actually agree with them. It's like, oh, did you ever play or whatever? I'm, I get it. I get that question or understand that question and I fully agree, but I'm not, I'm not talking like I'm an expert. I'm talking. In fact, that actually is the poll results and that's what happened. And all the guys in my show have said the same thing. So I'm not claiming to be an expert. I'm just reporting my findings. So again, reading comprehension instead of just being a dick, like, I don't know. It was late. It was like one in the morning. So I don't know if he'd been on the Christmas cheer, a little too much eggnog and rum I don't know or if he's always like it if as he always a dickhead like that I don't know Tim Peel I like he follows me on Twitter I don't follow him but he follows me so and I don't know what his reasoning for being all fucking slarmy with me was and being a smart ass I wasn't talking to him anyway but he decided he was going to jump in and smart off without like reading anything so if you want to just treat me like you're the um, just the run of the mill asshole fan, okay, that's fine. I get it. That's fine. But I laid out the truth for you, and that's the fine. That's the results. So go argue. So go phone up the 700 players then and argue with them. I don't know what you're arguing with me for. I'm just reporting it. So, 
See, that's the thing. That's the difference. Instead of just being some fucking idiot on Twitter that's going to just hashtag hockey culture and fucking run my mouth and just make stupid points and exaggerations. No, I will actually give you facts and refer and 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 links and this is I'm not just pulling this out. I didn't just pull this out of thin air. Or I just assume the players all wanted it. No. So go yell at the players union then. That's like all these people that yell about player safety, cry about Peros and player safety. You know who doesn't cry about player safety? The players. And for any of them, outside of like after a game when they're still mad, at the end of the day, are any of them at, at the league meetings asking for Peros to be fired? If they did, he probably would be. Again, it's just a bunch of fans yelling about it on Twitter. So I don't know. But yeah, I don't know what Tim, old Timmy Peel's problem was with me, but, or you know, like I said, I don't know. I deleted the back and forth with him, whatever. Okay, fine. I don't know, like I said, I don't know what your problem is, but whatever. But, Joe brought this up on his, on his latest episode, and, uh, and I will sort of touch on it as well. Um, of course, the Truba hits made the news and the big hits and, um, you know, and then now that we got the, we got the new, the, the, the hashtag, the hashtag bunch, um, crying about big hits now. Here, I'm going to find this. Hold on. The magic of editing here. Okay. I found it here. Um, yeah. So this is the, uh, the athletic hockey show. The athletic, uh, was it, I don't even know what is, it's not, I can't want to say it's a newspaper. It's not a newspaper. Yeah. The web, the athletic website, whatever they do. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, junk. But anyway, so these three, um, it's about, it's a minute and a half, it's about minute and 10 seconds here, this clip. I'll play it for you here and, uh, we will discuss after here. Hold on. Here we go. Stretchered off in the same week should probably raise some uh, red flags for us. Feels like our definition of what is clean hit and what's legal hit probably needs to change. Like incidental contact or the head not being the principal point of contact. I, I don't. I don't know if that should matter if the end result is a person being in the hospital with potential, you know, long-term issues that we won't know yet. I, I just, yeah. And if you're the person replying to a tweet, um, blaming the person who's laying motionless on the ice for, for putting their head down for a split second, uh, feels like you need to change your perspective on things. What I also don't like is the argument against it saying, oh, well, if you take this out, you take hitting out of hockey. It's a contact sport. It's like, no, it's not that black. And white. This is one specific gray area where you don't hit a vulnerable player. I think in football, you're not allowed to hit a defenseless receiver. And in hockey, your head's down. It's like, keep your head up. It's like, that's such a barbaric, archaic way to go about things. Don't hit a guy with his head down because you may literally have him stretchered off the ice. Hitting's fine. I'm not saying get rid of hitting and fighting. Do it. It's fine. But let's stop injuring people here. That's not how you grow the game. Ah, uh, so there we have it. Yeah, I always love. It always comes to growing the game. They love to throw that one out. That's the new, the, the big buzz phrase. We got to grow the game because this won't grow. This will scare parents. Oh, okay. You know, so they've had hitting for a hundred years, and people have put their kids in hockey, but all of a sudden, there's always been big. But now all of a sudden, it's going to scare them. You know, when hitting's at an all-time low, and you through youth hockey. 
Like you, most kids will never play contact hockey. But we're going to still say this is the reason why that, oh, the numbers are, the numbers in hockey are low because of, oh, they see the big hits. Oh, okay. No, it's never mind that the stick costs $300. I think that's probably more what the issue is. But anyway, let's unpack that. Okay. So essentially, oh, well, it's a gray area. Well, no, it's not. There's, it's a physical sport. It's contact. You're trying to compare it to football. Well, it's three times faster than football. Can't run out of bounds. Clearly all three never played contact hockey because, and this is the argument you can have with a million of the hashtag, uh, feathered friends there on, on Twitter, all the idiots that are agreeing with them with this. It's just the, the ignorance is unbelievable in this whole podcast. Again, it's not that I have an issue with their opinion. That's not my problem. My problem is, is they have no reference. They have no knowledge. So they're, they're just saying buzz things. Like this is the hot topic because we've had some guys hurt. But see, this is their argument. So when you argue with them, what's the, it, she even brought it up. So what is it? Oh, it's barbaric. Or Buddy there says it's, oh, it's barbaric and archaic. This is their response to you when you tell them. And the thing was is, yeah, they had their heads down for a split second and that's what happened. Now, the idiots on Twitter that yell, keep your head up, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah, I get it. They're, a lot of them are friggin' clowns. But at the same time, when you've initiated and you've made your commit commitment to hit the hit the guy, and it's like, well, if he has his head down, don't hit him. Do you have, see, again, this is why you have no understanding how fast this is happening. You slow it down to instant slow-mo, Super slow mo. Well, yeah, everything looks avoidable in super slow motion. But at full speed, that's a blink of an eye. So now what are we going to, so, well, we already have guys from the stop sign on the Jersey dem, on, uh, generation. They turn into the boards and they're about to get hit. That's why all these guys are getting hit from behind. Cause that's the new one. Cause everything's about puck possession and everything else. So you literally have people turning into the boards at the last second. See, we have that right now. That's a pandemic. You talk about a pandemic, an epidemic in the game of hockey. It's turning in, <coughs> pardon me, turning into the boards. So now the new one's going to be, oh, well, just keep your head down. They shouldn't hit you because you're vulnerable and they should recognize that. Oh, yeah. And the, what color is the sky in your world? And like I said, again, if you tell them how moronic that statement is, they're go watch UFC, bro. What? Like, no. And like I said, this is the hashtag gang again, all chiming in. Oh, we need to do, we need to do better. I love that one. We like these three, we in our game, our game. It's not who, what game did you ever play? Our game, we, what's this we shit? You're a fan. Talk it in your, in, in the friggin' basement on the computer. I get the irony, folks. I'm not, did I have ever said we? No. So, these three figure, this is what hockey needs to do. Remove the big hit. Well, that's sort of an, you know what I mean? That's sort of semantic kind of, 
I don't know, like what 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 classifies as a big hit. I mean, I don't know what, now. I mean, this might sound mean, but seriously, and I, you know, uh, you, you touch these guys now, and they got concussions. Like I don't understand it. Like I don't. Is it the equipment that hard? Must be. I don't know, but. So these same see this is the the ironic thing about this and the and the, the, this is where like they keep every every time the hashtag crew it's always something different like I said so for all you friggin video game attention deficit new age fans that we have to speed the game up oh more flashing lights and we need faster 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 it's like it's a highlight generation as Joe brought up I completely agree so all anybody gives a shit now is about Oh, we gotta watch the stars because fa- how many points did my fantasy team get? That's all these fucking idiots talk about now. No one gives a shit about the actual culture of the game. I'll get into that in a sec here with Ovechkin and Gretzky. So all these new age fans, it's just faster, faster, faster. Okay, so all you do is cry on social media, and like I said, loudest voice, squeakiest wheel gets the gets the grease. Doesn't matter if it's coming from a place of knowledge or anything like that. They just yell the loudest, so we'll listen to them. Cox and the hockey news and Ken Campbell and all these goofs. Oh, we got to get rid of all the goons and the obstruction and the water skiing. I love that one. Every bozo now when he's trying to make his point uses the term water skiing. I guarantee three quarters of them have no idea what that means, but they read it in the hockey news a bunch of times, so they use that. Okay, so we'll take out center ice. We take out obstruction. Dump the puck in. Hey, your D partner can't hold anybody up because that's obstruction. Obstruction. So we get full line run it, guys. We don't have enforcers anymore. Can't do can't do anything because of the consequences. Oh, because you'll get suspended and fined. Like I always hark back to uh, Sean Thornton, Brooks Orpeck. Look that up. Thornton got 15 games for that for basically being an enforcer. Which 15 years before that he would have got an extra two minutes, two five, and that would be it. And Orpeck would have learned a lesson. But no, we give him 15 games now. Okay. So now you have no consequences in the game anymore. Okay, so you've sped the game up, removed obstruction, and taken out consequences. Oh, and now you wonder why they're big. And now you're going to cry about the big hits. Seriously? This is the Shangri-La you all wanted. You fucking idiots. This was your paradise. Oh, you, you wanted video game hockey. You wanted Pong. Well, now you get it, but every once in a while, not often, but every once in a while, a Truba or someone will step up and drill a guy. Oh, he's mean. Does he really need to do that? Oh, oh. So you really just don't want contact. Well, and then, but I do, oh, like, I don't, I don't have a problem with hitting and fighting. That's fine. Just as long as no one's getting hurt. Okay. Again, can we take off the rose-colored glasses? They're going 35 miles an hour wearing Kevlar. Goddamn armor could probably stop bullets. And this guy gets stopped cold. Yeah, shit's going to happen to your head. Oh, even if the head isn't... Now, I'm... Now... Hey, if a guy puts a shoulder into the guy's lips, then yeah, or an elbow to the head, the, those aren't hit. That's illegal. Those aren't the. Sh- that's not the shit I'm talking about. I'm not yelling like it should be 1983 and what. No, I'm. But then, but even if the head isn't the principal point of contact, well, so then basically body contact. 
Because either that or you failed physics. And again, I'm not yelling at her because she's a woman, whatever. But again, female, they don't play contact sports. So, like, I'm not trying to be sexist, but that's just the facts. They don't play contact sports or contact hockey. So how the fuck would she know? Just saying. And they, of course, the other two pinheads don't look... They were picked last for kickball every recess, too. So, okay, so even if the head's not the principal point of contact... So, so now you're basically you're crying about body contact. Truba's hits weren't dirty. Now, I saw a bunch of people online crying about them. Well, or when people cry about Scott Stevens. Now, some of Stevens' hits were dirty, whatever, but they cry about all of them. So, basically, you're just mad that he hit too hard. You're mad that Truba hit too hard. That's that's dirty. Well, it's not dirty. It was shoulder to shoulder, shoulder to chest. Those were clean hits. What's he supposed to do? Now, oh, so if the guy has his head down, let's just let him go through the whole team. Because he has his head down and we don't want to be mean and hit anybody when they're vulnerable. Like, what are we doing? You know, there at some point, it, there, I hate to break it to you, but physical contact's allowed. And there wasn't a definition on some physical contact. But hit, but don't hit too hard. Like, that's not in the rule book. You can hit, but not too hard. I mean, I guess these people want it that way, but this isn't, this is, that's not realistic. This isn't like it's, if you're so worried about, like I've said this a million times, if you're so worried about head trauma, take out body contact because that's the only way you're going to get rid of it. So as we're sitting here, as much as they don't fight anymore or whatever, they're never, they're not going to take out hitting. Not for a while. Maybe never say never, but not anytime soon. They're not going to remove hitting. So I don't know what to tell you. But I just, what is the color of the sky in your world? But I just let all this is a result of everything you championed for. And now you don't like the results. And when people like Don Cherry and Tortorella and all these out of touch old white men tell you that this is what's going to happen. Oh, they don't get it. I'm so glad I don't have to listen to Cherry anymore. What was he wrong about? This is the exact thing he said was going to happen. But yeah, you know, you know, like, like I told the one idiot, yeah, Cherry only played for 15 years and was the NHL coach of the year. Yeah, now what would he know? Yeah, oh, Tortorella, Cherry, bunch of dinosaurs. Oh yeah, three coaches of the year between them and a couple cops. But yeah, yeah, clueless. What would they know? Bah. It's better now, brah. Oh, yeah. You idiots. Like, just... You know, and then, like, somebody brings up, oh, this is hockey culture. Read the replies. Oh, all these people with hockey culture, they they don't... What locker room have they ever been in? What sport have they ever played? You know, like, oh, so some jack-off with a friggin' video game character as his profile picture and his six followers, but he hashtags hockey. We need to do better. We need to get this out of the game. What? You don't even know. You've watched hockey for literally six years, seven, like, what are you, 16? So, you know, about eight, nine, you start kind of, right. So you've literally watched this pond hockey for six years. You don't know anything about hockey culture other than what you've read on Twitter from other bozos that don't know anything about hockey culture, which leads me into this Ovechkin and Gretzky. I'm not going to go too long about this. 
all these, oh no, it's all these old white people. Like Joe said, they got to throw in the white thing for some reason. I don't know. Because we got to make everything racist, apparently. Oh, it's old white men that don't want to see Ovechkin break Gretzky's record. And then somebody go, and then, and they don't, they don't want to accept the fact that Ovi's the greatest goal scorer of all time. You know what? I don't give two shits if you want to say that he is. Again, tell me how you compare eras. How can you compare eras? Their big one is, oh, look at the goalies Gretzky was scoring on. They were shit. Okay. It's interesting, though. Everyone else in Gretzky's era was shooting on the same goalies, yet Gretzky still had 70 more points than they did. So if they were all, why wasn't everybody scoring 90 goals then if the goalies were so bad? That's point one. Point two, that there's obstruction, red line. People actually, like, guys blocking shots basically wore goalie pads. Go look at Craig Ludwig's. Like, there's no comparing eras. Ovechkin's whole era has been, as they've, all they've done is tried to increase scoring. Whether it be with power plays or three on three overtime or what have you. Oh, Gretzky had expansion. Well, last time I checked, so did Ovechkin. He had, he had some expansion teams in there too. So I'm not gonna, like, you can't compare errors. Like I said, oh, well, if you put Ovechkin, and then this stupid, oh, put Ovechkin back there, he'd score 110 goals. Yeah, because everything's the same as it was 40 years ago, you moron. Again, some, and the guy saying it's got some Japanese anime character. Oh yeah, well, this guy complete, obviously a, a hockey guru here doesn't understand the, the concept of evolution. So, okay, idiot. You can't compare eras, but like I said, if you want to say Ovechkin's the, well, then whatever. Who cares? It's just this, it's just the the thing that bothers. It even, it's like whatever. It's a bunch of fucking faceless Gen Zers yelling about shit they don't know anything about. Talking about you never even saw Gretzky play. You watch a few YouTube clips and you think you fucking know everything. You weren't even around, so you have no idea. You weren't there. You weren't in the moment. You never saw him. You don't understand. The thing I've always said, and I and I've said this about even in the fighting tournaments or whatever. How come whenever there's a comparison, one has to get shit on while the other one gets propped up in someone's argument? Why? And the thing that, that bought, the only thing that bothers me about the Ovechkin Gretzky comparison is the generation Z. Like, I understand every generation thinks the generation before them was wrong. We always do it. Every generation does. The thing that bothers me, I think, more so with in these times. And maybe it's always been like this, but it just seems to be a lot more lately. Again, probably because the social media emphasizes it. But this this new generation, their utter disrespect for history and the players that came before, there wouldn't be an Ovechkin without a Gretzky. Wouldn't be a Gretzky without a Howe. Like, you know what I mean? There's no Eric Carlson without Bobby Orr. Like, respect the history of the fucking game and the players that came before it. Oh, I watched old video. They sucked. They couldn't even raise it. What a bunch of losers. Like, what are you talking about? Everything. Like, that was 50, 60, 70 years ago. No, they didn't have $300 one-piece titanium Kevlar. Holy shit sticks that bend and you'd shoot 120 miles an hour. And they trained 12 months a year and ate friggin' kale sandwiches and spinach cocktails. 
They didn't do that. So obviously today's athlete is better, dummy. But respect the history of the game. You don't have to say Gretzky is the best. Say Ovechkin, that's fine. But respect where the game has come from. Because believe me, back when Gretzky was doing that shit, no one had seen that before. So they were all like, this guy's a magician. And then Mario would start doing stuff. And Burray showed up, the Russian rocket, and all this. No one had seen shit like that before. And obviously, it grows. And they influence today's players. Just like today's players will influence the players from 10 years from now. So, idiot here with his anime character as a profile picture and his fucking avocado, as he's sitting there eating his avocado toast, typing on his friggin' uh, $9,000 phone. How shitty yesteryear's players are and today's players are great. In 20 years, when your kid is saying, how's Jimmy so-and-so for the goddamn, who knows, Kansas City Comets at that point, he's the best ever. He's way better than Ovechkin. And you'll know exactly what I'm, you'll realize exactly what I'm saying right now. Until then, however, show some fucking respect. Say whatever you want to say, but you don't have to shit on the past. Alright? Ugh. Anyway. We're at the 54 minute mark of me yelling and screaming. But hey, let's get to this Ferguson list here. Here, hold on. Okay. Look, open up the email here. And again, this is from a friend of the show and former guest, William. Uh, thank you very much for sending this. Um, uh, although William laughs because as a youngster, uh, he cut out a few of the pictures. And uh, under, of course, under each picture is like a little write-up of each guy. So we don't have write-ups for two of the guys. I know who they, he did know who they were, but he doesn't have the write-up. But uh, that's okay. Here we are, and this is the 1980-81 season, and it is the 10 meanest players. John Ferguson picks the toughest in the league. If you can't beat him on the ice, beat him in the alley. Tough, hard-nosed hockey is, is as Canadian as maple syrup, rye whiskey, and the red $2 bills. Right away, I've completely lost, like, half my audience. $2 bills, what? Yes, we had those back then. Um, <laughs> and although no one condones stick-swinging battles, gang assaults, or bench-emptying brawls, a clean man-to-man confrontation seems as inevitable part of the sport. An emotional outlet in a game that is supposed to be fast, furious, and rugged. Oh, if they could only fast forward 40 years to what your, what your contemporaries are writing now, Rick. Um, moralist aside, yeah, a fair open one-on-one fisticuffs is almost as part of one, our rugged Canadian game as skating, shooting, and checking. Yet there's no, there's no fighter of the year award among the bevy of trophies and Titles bestowed on hockey players in the NHL. Taking note of the absence of such an award, a national magazine some 10 years ago picked the 10 best fighters in hockey. The winner was John Ferguson, now the general manager of the Winnipeg Jets. Runners-up were Gordie Howell, Hall, Orr, Kurtenbach, Ted Harris, Reg Fleming, Eddie Shack, Sanderson, and Jim Dory. On the occasion of this 10th anniversary, December 19, 1970, of the crowning of Ferguson as the heavyweight champ in hockey, what better man to make the selection for today's crop of pugilists and Fergie, Fergie himself. Though he can't swing from his office chair, he gen, he's genuinely impressed by the aggressive talent he sees on the ice. Uh, picking the top 10 wasn't easy, says the former champ, who many believe retired undefeated. In fact, Fergie picked the current champ plus 11 contenders with the best chance of unseating him. 
to see how Fergie ranks them. Read on. Here we go. Number one, Jimmy Mann. Well, this might have been a bit of a homer pick on Ferguson as Mann was playing for Winnipeg at the time. But what makes Mann, Jimmy, the league... Well, that's, eh, easy for you to say. <clears throat> what makes Jimmy the league's toughest player in the tremendous and his, with his tremendous aggressiveness? He's been to the well more than anyone and is willing to fight them all, big or small. Though he has probably been decisioned a couple of times, it's his willingness to repeatedly defend his reputation that makes him the champ. He has terrifically fast hands and strong knockout punch, and he's got guts. Though he hasn't seen that much NHL experience, he's only 20 years old. He seems to be learning fast. Last season, he, last season he led the league in penalty minutes with 287, and he's accomplished all this without any tips or advice from me. Look for Jimmy to hold on to the number one spot for years to come. Okay, page two. Hold on, I gotta, I gotta size it up here. Here we go. Number two, Dave Semenko. He has very fast hands and good boxing savvy, which shouldn't come to anyone's surprise since Semenko was a boxing instructor in Brandon, Manitoba. Works out on the light bag whenever he gets the chance and is one of the best conditioned players in the league. Believes in landing the first big punch to win and often does. Not overly endowed with hockey talent, but he's working on those skills. He soundly beat Quebec's Kim Claxon, then with Winnipeg, in one of the best fights I've seen. Was unbeaten in the WHA where he won some fierce battles. A good inside fighter who can do a lot of damage in a short time and is rightly feared throughout the league. Well, there you go. Number three, Clark Gillies, the premier left winger in hockey. Gillies is big, strong, and rugged. Has the strength to hurt you. He's like Gordy Howe in that hardly anyone challenged him, so his biggest problem right now is that he might have a hard time finding some good matchups. If challenged, though, he will answer the call. He's very much the classic boxer. Probably as close as you'll find in hockey. Stands up straight, sets himself well, and has a tremendously long reach. Established himself the first year with the Islanders, met the Flyers in the playoffs when he destroyed Schultz. Set the pattern for the, the Islanders from then on. His, his one weakness is that he could be a little meaner. Look at Fergie's going to give you the straight scoop, man. That was, oh, what did I just say? Oh, this is where the cutout happens. Oh, hold on. Uh, here's the list. Missing number four. And, oh, also, it's missing four and eight. Fucking bonehead kid I was. But number four was Paul Holmgren. So there we go. Paul Holmgren was number four. That's the pitcher that uh, that Jay cut out. And uh, who was, oh, and eight was Terry O'Reilly. Okay, so there you go. Those are the... Those are the guys we got missing. So number four was Paul Holmgren. Uh, number five, uh, for Yaz, because of course with the pitchers is the write-up underneath. Like I said, the write-up's not there, but, um, but number five, Ben Wilson. Most people underestimate Wilson as a fighter. He looks more like a crew cut college kid, but he is capable of taking over the number one spot someday. Can hit, can hit well with either hand. One of the best stand up fighters. Quick and strong. He's adapt to slugging it out. The longer the fight goes, the better Wilson gets. Opponents are tending to duck him a little bit. Outpointed Barry Beck of the Rangers in a titanic battle in Philly. Willing to take, take on the top contenders and is a good bet to move up the rankings. Yeah, man. Ben Wilson was poof. Number six, Barry Beck. Beck is tall, tough, and has a good aggressive spirit. With his size, I would think he'd try to pin the man up against the boards more often. He lost a close one to Wilson, the Flyers, which prevents him from moving up the rankings. But his best years are still ahead of him. Good with both hands. Earned his reputation in the Hard Rock Junior with the new Westminster Bruins and has maintained it in the big leagues. 
Yeah, Beck was a large, like a huge dude, especially for the time period. Um, yeah, I, yeah, it's interesting with Beck. I don't know. Um, I think like injuries and everything else. And I mean, he certainly, um, I mean, I've seen some of Beck's stuff, but it was like, he, I don't think he really fought that much. Did he? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to act like a Barry Beck expert, but I don't really remember anything really memorable standing out. I know he's a big dude though, but I don't know. Uh, seven, Nick Fatio, a dependable club fighter with plenty of experience who deserves a spot in the rankings. But a, a recent draw with Pat Ribble of the Flames killed his chances of moving up the top five. Fatio and Ribble just just stared at each other for two minutes with neither player throwing a punch. Both got penalties for delay of game. It was one of the wor- it was one of the all around worst fights I've seen. Fatio needs some tough matches uh, and to give up his finesse and timing. But if I see any more displays like the Ribble affair, I'm dropping it from the rankings altogether. Yeah, see, this is see. There's Ferguson. Yeah, and I said the same thing the other day. The, a couple episodes back about um, um, what am I trying to say about Fatio? Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't get it. He just does. Yeah, a lot of shadow boxing, and yeah, there you go. And I mean, if John Ferguson's saying it in 1980. Well. There you go. Uh, well, number eight was Terry O'Reilly. Of course, that's cut out, so I can't read that one. But ter- uh, number nine, Larry Playfair. Uh, ready to meet anyone at a moment's notice. His peculiar record of ups and downs was demolished by Jim Mann in Winnipeg, suffering at KO, yet came back in the return encounter in Buffalo against Mann and finished strongly. His determination reminds me of Reg Fleming, who took a lot of rugged stuff but had a hard head. Like Reggie, Playfair is a brawler and a clutch-and-grab artist. He's tall and tough, but his roundhouse style leaves him open for counterpunches. But he deserves a spot in the top ten because he's always looking for action and willing to, to take a chance on going for the big one, even though he knows he might leave himself open. Yeah, it's a shame there isn't more Larry Playfair footage out there because I would love to see it. And then number ten, Tiger Williams. Tiger... Uh, owns an impressive list of opponents, Man, Semenko, the Plager Brothers, O'Reilly, Cashman, Schultz, and practically everyone on the Flyers and Bruins. He's handicapped by his lack of uh, weight, size, and strength, but he backs down from no one, which I admire. Likes to move around, go in, back off, and start circling again. Works out on the punching bag during the season. Hard to hit, hard to put down, possibly weaknesses that he gradually uh, he's gradually wearing down over the years. He also gives away 20 pounds to players like Beck and Gillies. Has a talent for keeping his cool during a fight. A real tagger who takes on the top ones and doesn't pick on the easier guys. Many of his matches come out as draws, however. On this basis, spirit and spunk alone, he has to be included in the list. Although his lack of size means he'll never be up, he'll never be higher in my rankings. Well, there you have it. The top 10 list from John Ferguson. I mean, and like I said, uh, Ferguson, hard, to, you know, it's hard to argue with, uh, a legend like that, but oh, honorable mentions. Uh, Stan Jonathan. If Jonathan had the size, he'd, he'd be number one. Like O'Reilly has a lot of heart. He soundly beat Bouchard then at Montreal in the playoffs three years ago. And even though he gave away 30 pounds, it was a clean cut decision over other tough opponents. He's had tremendous advantage, who have tremendous advantages in weight and height. And his other honorable mention was Al Secord. Secord is an underrated fighter who is one of the toughest, most durable wingers in hockey. Short, powerful punches give him a surprise advantage, which he often seizes on. A couple of solid victories this year will put him in my top 10. So there you go. The, uh, the top 10 of 1980, 
81, according to John. How do you argue with uh, John Ferguson, in all seriousness? So, there you go, guys. That's another episode. I don't know, maybe it's the cough medicine. Did we did we uh, accomplish anything in this? I don't know if we ever really accomplished anything doing this sort of thing. But I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I know I've gotten a few new listeners over this last little while, and I want to thank you for... Oh, I might have... <laughs> I might have quickly have lost them after this episode. I apologize. I think I can feel myself getting sicker as the episode's going on here. Um, but anyway, guys, I will be back on Wednesday. And like I said, I will have a guest on Wednesday. I have, I have it already recorded. So uh, Chris will be my guest. And he has some very funny bouncing stories from Buffalo. Um, not with him, but like that involved players and that sort of thing. So you'll definitely want to come back and check that out. Chris is a really good guy. I had a lot of fun talking to him. but uh, And I had a lot of fun talking to you guys tonight. But uh, I'll let you go. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, in the meantime, follow me on social media on Twitter and Facebook, Fourth Line Voice, as well. YouTube channel, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube. I have over 2,600 fights on there. Give them a listen. Or give, or give them a listen. Give them a look. Um, I have everything sorted by league, so just type into the little search engine NHL, WHL, AHL, whatever you want. Something will pop up. And uh, just put a couple fights up there uh, this morning. Probably put a few up more tonight. Um, actually the other day, and it's, if shit has already got like 2,500 views in less than like 48 hours, um, I put up Bob Probert's, uh, very first, uh, pro fight, regular season pro fight against Gord Mark, uh, in, uh, the American Hockey League. And it's in Adirondack and, uh, the Glen Falls Civic Center. Check it out. Uh, but other than that, uh, lots of stuff on that channel that I think you'll dig. But, uh, I'm going to get out of here, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in. Like I said, if, oh, and if you could, uh, whatever um, platform you're listening to this on, iTunes, Spotify, whatever, could you rate and review my show? Uh, I would greatly appreciate it. It helps me out in the searches. Um, so if you you'd be doing you'd be doing me a solid, as well as I should have said this at the start of the show, but I always say it. Could you d- don't stream my for, if you're going to come back and listen? I appreciate everybody for listening, uh, but please do not stream my episode. Could you download them? I get seriously in all, and like I said, I've always been honest with you guys. I get paid by the download. So, um, yes, I would, I would definitely appreciate it if you could download the episode. Streaming it does not help me. Plus downloading, um, it's good to get to see the numbers and see, it's a better gauge of where you're at too. So there's a number of factors on why I would like you to download my stuff. So I very much appreciate if you would do that. But, uh, and I appreciate you guys for all, everybody for tuning in and, uh, Let's have a good rest of the, let's have a good start to the work week and uh, I'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. Thanks everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?